Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and it is sports time as we are talking the National Football Conference this time as far as winter totals go. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce, and uh, joining me today is Craig Needles. How are you, Craig? I'm doing great. Let's talk some football, and uh, it's it's kind of like we're, we're a week away, essentially. Yeah, this uh, we're, we're eight days away as of, as of uh, us recording this, so like settle in, because uh, Craig and... We're going to be joined by Bill next week and for the foreseeable future, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, settle in because uh, we are reverting to our usual fall-slash-winter football podcast. And we'll try to get some other stuff in there. There's really not a lot else to talk about. I just um, a lot of fun stuff, but not stuff I'm too... Like, I saw Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle was dece. Um, Not juiced enough about it to come and talk on the podcast, I don't think. Same with what's going on with, like, a lot of the Star Wars shows where I'm like, yeah, that's fun. No real need to talk about it, but... Plenty of reason to talk about the National Football League as we are first and foremost on the Crossword Podcast, a gambling podcast. Now, last one, last episode, if you listened to it, when we did the uh, the AFC uh, win totals, I mentioned that I was doing this 32 challenge uh, where I am picking all the over-unders for all 32 teams and betting on it. Um, I have two things that I have flipped and flopped like a politician over from last podcast. I was listening back to it, Craig, and I got to say, and we talked and we, we texted a little bit off and I, you know, looked at some of the numbers and I was doing a bit more research and I've decided to flip on two teams and they're both AFC East teams. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, I initially said under 10 and a half, flipping that and reversing it to the over and uh, Miami nine and a half. Uh, I was originally over nine and a half. I'm going under on Miami. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm scared by that. Uh, I'm just staring at the names on that defense and, I'm, and the Tua thing is just kind of scaring me a little bit. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and I, and I think Buffalo is going to be really, really good. And I, I kind of like that. They're the, po- they're, they're the quintessential post hype team right now. Uh, the Buffalo Bills. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening to those, segments last I, week, just ignore talking. what I said, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about it last week. Like, I just feel as though all the stuff that went wrong for Buffalo mm. last year, like, a lot of that stuff probably isn't going to go on again. And further than that, they still won 13 games last year. So it's a, it's a really good team. It's a really good team. Yeah. All right. So here we are, the National Football Conference, the NFC. Uh, we're going to start off, and we're going to start off hot with the NFC East, I think, because there's a lot of good things to talk about here. And we're going to start off r- right out the gate. Why the hell don't we just talk about America's team, uh, the Dallas Cowboys? Although there's been a lot of pushback on whether or not they are officially America's team anymore. Um, Dallas Cowboys, uh, mediocre strength of schedule, nothing to discern there. They're over under nine and a half it's actually ten and a half in some most places um the the nine and a half if you can find the nine and a half it's it's at minus 130 um i'm i'm going i'm going over on dallas nine and a half i I, i'm very high in this dallas cowboys team and i realize that comes with a high cost of uh who their coach is and the potential that he could sink them I, I just really like this this Dallas team and, and I know Philly's gonna be very good, but I don't think there's that much uh, difference. I don't I don't think there's as big of a difference between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, or at least not as big as a gap as people are thinking. And no team has repeated in this league, I don't know, since the Civil War, but uh, or sorry, in this division, I think no team has repeated its champ in this division since the Civil War. But um, 
Yeah, I'm picking Dallas Cowboys to be an 11 win team, and they're gonna they're gonna fly over this nine and a half. I think I think 11 and six, 12 and 12 and five is is where they're gonna be sitting. So I'm 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 going way over on these guys. Uh, what do you think, Craig? Do the Cowboys have the best roster in the NFC? If they don't, then one of the other teams that is in very close proximity in the same division does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of them. I just the Eagles kind of lost a few guys, and that's kind of a natural order of things when you're course, yeah. when you're a really good team. You lose some guys, so you can't really manage a salary cap. Uh but but Dallas, like, you know, the the spot they had trouble with was second corner. They go out and get Stefan Gilmore. They've got some guys that uh, are, are are younger guys that are uh, are are really stepping up and looking like the real players for them. Obviously, Parsons looks like well, not looks like just is a super superstar. Um I, I just think this is the best team roster-wise in the NFC. My concern on them is exactly what you said earlier. We hear all this talk about, oh, the Cowboys wanted to do different things and on on offense and modernize the offense, and that's why that's why Kellen Moore had to go. So we're going to modernize things with Brian Schottenheimer. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know. So that that the coaching situation is is my is my drawback here, but I think this is the best roster in the conference. I I'm I'm leaning over, and if if, if things go the way they typically go for the Cowboys, the coaching thing will probably somehow rear its ugly head, you know, in the playoffs at some point. But I'm taking the over. Yes, we'll all remember Ezekiel Elliott's last play as a Dallas Cowboy because he's no longer with them. Tony Pollard leading, but you know, yeah. like. People have been clamoring for Tony Pollard to be leaving this, especially fantasy guys. Good lord, fantasy guys have been just yeah. begging for Tony Pollard. To be uh, that's actually is one concern that I've got about them, though. From mm-hmm. they, they've been talking about Tony Pollard forever. Yes, you're right. The one concern I have about this is they don't have a lot of depth there, and Tony Pollard's never been the guy. So what happens if he gets hurt? And and so they may not be able to run the ball as easily. I am fascinated by the Trey Lance thing. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I, I mean. I, I mean, I, I, maybe I should. We should wait for San Francisco, but we can get to it right now. Um, San Francisco, great roster, man. They that Trey Lance thing is bad, especially considering. Imagine their roster them. if they didn't trade. Three. Like, imagine their roster didn't trade three first round picks for a guy who they traded for a fourth round pick. You and know then, what I mean? If you go to like, Wikipedia and uh, look at the, they, the they, seven or eight guys that were taken after Trey Lance, oh boy. It looks like there's going to be two, three, maybe as many as four, five Hall of Famers. Uh, I mean, returns are obviously well. Very you've got early, like but, all pro level guys. Yeah, Michael Parsons being but like Sewell, Parsons, Sewell, Parsons, and Sertan. Like those are like all pro type of dudes in this exact moment. Like already, like and and you know it comes like Kyle Shanahan's desire was to stay where they were and take Mac Jones. And if they had done that, like, you know, things look a little bit better for San Francisco right now. Not that things look bad. Uh, that said, you know what really helps patch things up is when you use the last pick on a draft on a quarterback who looks like he might be pretty good. <laughs> that, that kind of uh, that, that makes you feel better about your situation every time. Uh, but yeah, but I just su- surprised that the, the Cowboys were the team that went to go get Trey Lance. I, I was surprised by that. I understand it. I think it's smart. I, I, I would have taken a chance on Trey Lance for a fourth-round pick. I'm actually surprised that a team like the Vikings didn't say, we'll give you a third. Um, yeah. But, yeah, interesting move for Dallas, just from the perspective of, like, what does that mean for Dak's future? If, if, 
if Dak gets hurt in week, you know, in November at some point, is Lance going to come in? Is Cooper Rush going to come in? It's just interesting to think about sort of what that means. And if they had more forward-thinking coaches, if they had, you know, a Sean Payton or if they had a, a Sean McVay or an Andy Reid or whatever, I would want to, or Kyle Shanahan, I would want to do stuff that involved Trey Lance being on the field with this, at, the, at the same time as Dak Prescott. Run some weird stuff like that, but I don't think this coaching staff has it in them. Fair, maybe they got a couple of maybe they'll surprise us and have a couple of Trey Lance at the goal line type packages for uh, for fun. Yeah, yeah, or just like you know, line line him up as a receiver just so the defense has to be like, well, what the hell's this? And they're thinking about what it might mean. You know what I mean? Just have them out there sometimes. But that's you know, uh, I don't know if this coaching staff's going to do it. But yeah, I like this team. I think they're good. I think they're very very good. Uh, We'll see what happens in the playoffs. But give me the over for the Cowboys. Yeah, do you want the over at ten and a half? Uh, like, if, if you got on this line early, uh, you got it at nine and a half. Yeah, I think this, this is a. Mm-hmm. No, this I'm I'm more than happy with saying that this is an eleven win team. I think yeah, that I think they very much are that. Pl- the ten and a half is plus one fifteen, which is much much nicer. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the New York Football Giants, who are currently sitting at. Uh, Seven and a half. Now here's the thing: uh, the sharps came in early on the on the New York Giants and bet them down to seven and a half. They hammered the under uh, on the eight and a half so much that they had to move it a full game. Uh, Giants sitting at the middle of the pack, right next to the Cowboys uh, as terms of strength of schedule. Not much to discern there. Um, I'm on. I, I basically have the exact opposite to say about the New York Giants that I do the Dallas Cowboys, which is that uh, I'm betting the under, and I'm worried that the coach <laughs> ruins this for me by coaching these guys up uh, really well and and getting them to uh, getting them to, to nine nine plus wins. Uh, the Giants were your classic overachiever last year. They won a ton of uh, one one score games. Uh, they're a bit of a regression candidate, but the the second most uh, regression candidate we will talk about this uh, th- this particular podcast. Um, you know, like the, the the skill positions is is underwhelming here. It is very very underwhelming. Yeah, it's. Not great. I, I kind of feel like this offense, it, 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 good for Brian Dable, but this offense a little bit smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. And I look at what's on the roster now, and I'm not sure how that gets a whole lot better. You know? Like, what? Uh, uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, can Brian Dable just do that again? I don't know. Uh, uh, the, the Waller edition is very interesting, assuming he actually is on the field. Yeah. Um, the but Giants yeah, fans I are like for uh, Darren Waller. Let me tell you, they 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 feel like this is going to be a like a Kelsey 2.0 thing. I'm I'm not ready to go that far, but like could be decent. I think it'll be a nice trade. Yeah, I think it'll be a nice trade. So the question is, how far can you get when you're like so when you're when you're your wide receiver depth chart looks like this: Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell are your starters. Jalen Hyatt, Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson are kind of the next guys up. So those are your six guys. Like, what does that mean? How far, how, how good could you possibly be if that's your group? And I think that's a legitimate question. So that would be an interesting, interesting thing to look at from the Giants perspective. 
Uh, it's not eight and a half anymore, which is what I got for this particular contest, which, you know, great. But uh, it's currently seven and a half, and the under the under is still minus 120 at the seven and a half, so the Sharps have hammered it. I, I'm going under. I have the eight and a half. But even, at the, even at the seven and a half, I'm, I'm, I think I'm still yeah, going under. Yeah, seven and a half is too aggressive for me. Is this, is this really a team that's going to go seven and ten? I don't think so. I don't feel like, like uh, it. And if they are, it's going to be... It's going to be Dayball again. Yes, tough, tough division. They're, they're probably the third best team in the division. Um, oh, it, it, it's, you know, the, the schedule is mid. So I, I just, I, I don't see it. The only, the only thing, again, like I said, it's the exact opposite of the Cowboys where I'm like, I believe in this team. I hope the coaching doesn't kill me uh, with too many losses. Uh, New York Giants, I'm like, I don't believe in this team. Hope the coaching doesn't kill me with too many wins. <laughs> is, is, is how I feel. Yeah, like yeah, that's fair. Uh so their schedule opens up with home to the Cowboys, at the Cardinals. Oh, that's probably a W. Home uh, at, the, at the 49ers, home to the Seahawks, at the Dolphins, at the Bills. That's kind of tough to start. That's like home a to the Giants. start you're staring at there. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Uh, they have a home game against the Jets, but uh, it's hard to like that. That it'll be a home game, but the Jets are well, traveling. We'll have, we'll have a big, uh, we'll have a nice big sample size on Aaron Rodgers as a New York Jet by then which is great. So Yeah, that's on October 29th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, they've got... Is that a, uh, they've is got that a, a then things get, prime time game, Craig? The Jets game? It yeah, is Jets, not. It's game. 1 o'clock. Interesting. Thought they might it's have 1 o'clock, sir. Gone with that. Yeah. Like a Thursday. that felt like a, like a decent Thursday game to me. Uh, from the league's perspective, no one has to travel, so maybe that wouldn't be such a bad Thursday game, but that's yeah. not the sort of stuff they think about. Um... <laughs> Yeah, um, the Giants. Uh, do the Giants even have a Thursday game? Yes, they do. They've got their. They're at the 49ers. That game at the 49ers is a Thursday night game. That's not what you want. No, no, no. That's not what you want. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning under. I'm leaning, uh, but like, I, this is a stay away for me if I'm doing that, just because I'm, I'm worried about the coaching being too good for them to, uh, them to go seven and ten. So, I, I lean under, but I'm not really gonna be aggressive with this. Uh, next up, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are currently sitting at an over-under of 11.5. They are the defending uh, winners of this division. We mentioned it earlier. They lost a few guys. It's tough to keep everybody. That's just sort of what happens when, you, uh, when, you're, when you're very good like that. People leave. You lose a coordinator or, or two here. Um, they're a damn good team. They're going far. The Eagles-Cowboys games this year are going to be ever so good. Eagles 13th in strength of schedule, so I don't really have nothing, not much to discern there. Pretty middle of the pack. Uh, I don't have anything to say other than I think this is a very good team. I think this is a playoff team. I think they're. I have them participating in the NFC Championship game. Um, I think they're going to be around 11 and six, and then lose to the Cowboys via the tiebreaker. Um, I also have the Eagles playing the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, which I think will be dope. And uh, I'm going under on the 11 and a half, but you're going to have to sweat this one. This this one's going to be tough because this is a damn good football team. Uh, they've probably got the best uh, collection of wide receivers in the league. Um, offensive line is still great. Jalen Hurts, one year older, one year wiser. And, uh, man, 
just just a great team. Like, like I said, picking them to make the the uh, NFC uh, participate in the NFC Championship game. But uh, I'm 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 going under. I think they're an eleven and six. Uh, I think they're an eleven and sixteen. But you're gonna have to sweat this one. Uh, what about you on the Philadelphia Eagles? No, I feel the exact same way. I I, I, I kind of have them at eleven and six. They just had uh, obviously a lot of stuff went right for them last year. I'm not saying that the team is is is, is worse. They may even be more talented, but they are a lot younger in a few spots. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say the, uh, I'm going to say 11 and six in the years and the leagues had another chance to take a look at a full season of Jalen hurts as the Eagles quarterback and figure out what that looks like and try to sort of figure out what ways you can, you can bother them a little bit. And the brain drain is real. The brain drain is real. They lost both coordinators this off season. As you said, uh, Shane Steichen is off to Indianapolis and they lose Jonathan Gannon to the Cardinals. That that hurts. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm thinking this is an 11 and six ish team. Then the Cowboys can have a great race here for this division. But uh, it's 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 the under for me. Just you know, 12 and five or more. That's that's a tough ask. And the uh, the Bengals bucked this a little bit last year, but you know the Super Bowl, getting to the Super Bowl and losing, we've seen it. We've seen it drown teams the the season after. Now that. Uh, you know, has more to do with like the stuff we said, like the stuff we mentioned about how you know you lose guys, you lose coordinators when you make the Super Bowl, and it's tough to repeat that magic. And losing sucks. That's just the way it is. But uh, I'm not picking them to completely fall on the map. In fact, I'm picking them to repeat what the uh, Cincinnati Bengals did, and that's go back to the to the uh, NFC Championship game where they uh, likely dip. But uh, yeah, all right. So uh, we're both going Eagles under. Last up for the NFC East is the Washington Commanders. The Washington Commanders, uh, 24th in strength of schedule, so a bit of a tough one. Their over-under is six and a half. I mean, it's it's you stare at the offensive line and you say, or sorry, the defensive line, and you say, yeah, those are guys that I should be scared of, but... You know, we've been saying that for these guys about these guys, this group for a couple of years now, and it, it hasn't really happened. Sam Howell is going to be their quarterback. Ron Rivera is still their head coach. You know, Terry McLaurin, McLaurin's already got turf toe, so so you know your their their best wide receivers got turf toe. So fantastic um, start of the season. It's just I I, I stare at this uh like this depth chart here. It's easily the worst roster in the division. It's a tough division they're going to be uh, they're going to be up against. I have the under on the six and a half for Washington as my official pick, and I think the only thing that can potentially kill me on this, Craig, well, a offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy really like that, um, and B the this team may ascend into heaven just on good vibes alone, and by heaven I mean like in, yes eight and nine, nine, nine and eight season, just based on the vibes of getting rid of Dan Snyder alone. That's the, that's the only thing I fear. I'm uh, going to say I'm cheering cheering for them to have an incredible season to like have some sort of Cinderella ride here and win the division look incredible just because of how much Dan Snyder would hate it. Do what the Giants did last year. That's right. It's what what I overachieve and win a bunch of kind of weird close games. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that that would be really fun. And hell, what a playoff game too, as the Giants did last year. That would just yeah. be fun because it would just Snyder would hate it, and that would be that would be good for us all. Because anything that's bad for Dan Snyder is good for 
for the other 7 billion people on this planet. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I say all these things, but I have a hard time betting the over. It, it's yeah. a tough division, as you said. What, I, how much are we really getting from Sam Howell here? McLaurin's already hurt, and he's far and away the most important part of this offense. Just, yeah, it's not... I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Uh, like, I, I hope that they're great. I hope it's a really fun team and a really fun story, but I'm not feeling it. Yeah. All right. So we're both picking the, uh, the under for the commanders. All right. Uh, next up, we head to the, let's see, what are we going to go see next? Oh, we're heading to the north, Craig. And first off, the Chicago Bears. Um, bit of a... Chicago Bears seven and a half is their uh, seven and a half is their win total. Their strength of schedule, if I remember correctly, is very good. Yes, they get the sixth best schedule. Uh, one year older, one year wiser on uh, Justin Fields. Um, kind of like some of the trades that they made, and um, you know they went out, and they got a little bit better, not sparklingly better on the offensive line, but better. Um, and, you know, with a... Uh, yeah. You signed Nate Davis, draft Darnell Wright. Now, yeah. Tevin Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Tevin Jenkins already a little banged up. That's troubling. That's troubling. Yes. Uh, they liked what they saw at Braxton Jones last year, who was a fifth-round pick. Um, we'll see if that holds up. Obviously, fifth-round picks don't often stick as being starting-level NFL tackles, but we're going to see. Um... Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, and I I think that I'm leaning towards the under for a couple of reasons. One, I still think this defense is going to be bad, and I know you went out and you get T.J. Edwards, you get Tremaine Edmonds, who was the big signing. You go get Yannick Ngakwe, like these are and Demarcus Walker's another one. Those are real life NFL players. Those are real like, and last year this defense did not have real life NFL players on it in a lot of cases. So that's great. I still don't know if this defense is going to be any good. Uh, and the offense, a lot of it depends on fields. We'll see. I don't know if I'm a believer. I'm less of a believer now than I was when he was drafted. Put it that way. Interesting. I'm going over, Craig. I'm going over the seven and a half. Yeah. I, I, I believe. I believe. I think. I think they're. Going That's to eight, first. Eight, eight, nine. For... Yeah, eight and nine is all I need, right? Eight, eight and nine is all I need. Yeah. They got a yeah. pretty decent schedule. They'll probably clip. You know, I just. I don't know if they're getting once and like. I don't know. I, I, I think they can get to eight and nine. I, I, I'm not picking on them to make the playoffs, but uh, I, I, I can see them being eight and nine, nine and eight. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I, I, I like what they, they're, they're, they're kind of doing and they're, they're working their way up. But I'm, I'm, I'm a Justin Fields. I, I believe a little bit. Throwing might not be there just yet, but the legs certainly are. Uh, the only thing that I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Ex- yeah, here's went, the thing. If the throwing's there, if the throwing's there, we're finding out this year. That's because true. you know DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. If you can't move those guys being your guys, barring some sort of ridiculous offensive line breakdown, but if you can't move the ball with those guys being your guys, yeah, I don't know. Stellar. I, uh, they, don't jump, they don't jump off the page at you, the wide receivers, but those are some solid players who are going to get open, right? I, those, so are, those are real-life good NFL players. True. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 
so I'm, I'm going over. You're going under on the Chicago Bears. Next up. All right, here we go. Here we go. My beloved Detroit Lions. Nine and a half is their over. It is so unbelievably weird to me for the Detroit Lions to go into the season. They've gone they've gone through this whole offseason for the first time in my life as the hype team. And they've been the hype team so much that there has now been backlash to the hype. And they've reached that rare air where there has also been backlash to the backlash of the hype. Where people are saying, no, 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 these guys, where it went from being like, oh my god, they're going to be so good. To like, well, you know, they're still the Detroit Lions, we should stop them. You know, we should, we should slow our roll a little bit. To be, and then we, we, we came full circle back around to like, wait a minute, no. This, this, like, are you looking at this offensive line? Uh, these guys are, are, are good and, and should do stuff. Everybody picking them to win the division. <sighs> Strength of schedule, they're 11th, which is, is, is nothing. It's, it's pretty – it's mid, as the kids would say. Um, you know, one year older, one year wiser on Aiden Hutchinson. They went out and they, they, they picked up some guys, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, etc., who who should help that – what was a putrid secondary last year be a little bit better. Um you know, Kirby Joseph's a little bit, uh, Kirby Joseph's a year older as well. And he, and he, he showed signs of, of life. They went eight and two down the, down the stretch. They had that, uh, crazy game where they knocked the, uh, Green Bay Packers out of the playoffs last year. Oh boy. I just, I, this is, I just, I don't know. This is an unfamiliar territory to me. The problem is from a gambling perspective, um, there's too much public love for the Detroit Lions. Can't believe I, those words just came out of my mouth. Uh, there's no value on the over. I bet the under on the nine and a half for the Detroit Lions, Craig, specifically, but only on a pure gambling uh, perspective of the fact that I got to pick one of these sides and there's little, there, there's no value on the over anymore because uh, the, the public is all there. And plus I'm taking a, I'm getting plus money to fade the public and fade the history of the Detroit Lions. So uh, why not? Uh, you can call me a scumbag. I get it. For, for this team is really against, good. Yeah, for betting against my own team, but like, uh, I I've been a Detroit Lions fan. We 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 have we have we have nothing, nothing to celebrate with this team. You want to know what the coolest things we have are? We have one playoff victory with from with Bear where Barry Sanders one cool play where Barry Sanders turned the uh the Dallas Cowboys inside out, and uh, Eddie Murphy wore a cool jacket. Uh. Detroit Lions jacket and Beverly Hills cop too. That's it. Those are the highlights of, of the Detroit Lions. It's unfortunately very sad, but man, you stare at the names on this offensive line, Craig. Good God. Uh, it might be the best line in the league. I think it is. I, I know that like, like um, Bill Barnwell did his, uh, did his thing where uh, he was like, I uh, where he I remember he did his article where he was like, here are the like three or four guys that are going to make the leap into superstardom this year, and number one with a bullet he had was Penny Sewell, is is making the leap from like star to superstardom this year. I'm just like, oh my god, yes, please. <laughs> it's it's a damn yep. good offensive line. Yeah, question, really good. Question, question, gonna Jameer, have time. Obviously, that Jameer Gibbs pick was was. Well, let me defend the Jameer Gibbs pick for a second. Well. <laughs> Let me defend part of it. Let me defend part of it. Yeah. The reporting out of New York was if he didn't go to the Lions at 12, he was going to the Jets at 14. Okay. 
So you took the guy, you traded down to two picks before he was going to go before doing it. Like, I, from a process perspective, the guy we like, we traded down to two picks before he was going to go and took him. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, should the guy you like have been a running back? I don't know. I don't know. And the belief in Detroit has to be, because otherwise you don't use the 12 overall pick on him. The belief in Detroit has to be this is someone who is going to be able to define your offense and be a Camara-like player. And I use that Saints terminology just because Dan Campbell's there. That has to be the belief. Otherwise, you wouldn't have used this draft pick on him. Can he do that? We'll see. I like the player. I think the player is good. I think the player is going to bring an element to this offense that we just haven't seen this particular group in this era have with, you know, with with Ben Johnson as the OC. You add that into Amon Ross St. Brown, who obviously is a high-level receiver, the great offensive line we were just talking about. I think David Montgomery is a nice player. Again, was the process sound there as far as handing a running back that kind of contract? No, but I think he'll be a better running back than anyone they had running the ball for them last year, including Jamal Williams, who had all those touchdowns. So I think the offense can be just as good, maybe even slightly better than it was a year ago when you factor in a few things. Now, it would be swell if Jamison Williams was allowed to be on the field because the one thing they're missing is a big play guy at the receiving spots. And you look at the receivers and you've got Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones Jr., Khalif Raymond. Like these are guys who've been around for a while. We know what they're about. Uh, those are not star players, obviously. And those are maybe not even plus players in today's NFL. Antoine Green, the seventh round pick, we'll see. But I, I don't think they're expecting much out of him, nor should they be. So I think a lot of what happens with this team this season is going to depend upon what Jamison Williams looks like when he gets back. And is he a guy that is a 12th overall pick type of, of acquisition type of talent? And we're going to see. Yeah. I mean, the, the under uh, me taking the under is me just using my head and not my heart for, for take that for yeah. what it means. I, I, well, I get it. I get it. As far as what the, what the numbers are going uh, from the, from the payout and all the public's going with the, with the over. I get that. I just, like, shouldn't this team win this division? Like, isn't this far and away the best roster in the division? They really should. I mean, we'll, we'll wait and see if they do, obviously. But you never know. That old the spot they had a lot magic could sprinkle last... all over this this promising this this once promising season, you know? <laughs> like, but the, the spot that had a ton of trouble last season was they gave up a lot of big plays. And they went out this offseason and said, okay, Cameron Sutton and, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson are on this team now. We think we're going to be better at safety. Kirby Joseph a year older. We'll, I, we'll see... Uh, We'll see what happens with Emmanuel Mosley, who I know is a little bit banged up right now. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. But th- I think that they have improved the secondary. And Brian Branch, who did a lot of cool stuff at Alabama, might be able to do a lot of cool stuff in the NFL. So we'll see what the secondary looks like. But that was the problem on this team last year, and it's a lot better now. Yeah. If, if the secondary looks good, I'll start buying a little bit into the hype. But I got to see it. And they open the season against the Chiefs. So, yeah, great. So I'm just going to go ahead and put one of those losses. Yeah, the open the season column, right? at Arrowhead. Yeah. Opening the season at Arrowhead is tough. I will acknowledge that. However, you're getting, like, it's it's going to be far and away the hardest game on the schedule, and you're getting it out of the way week one. And it's a game where the Lions don't really have 
a lot to lose from the perspective of like no one's going to feel any differently about the Lions if they go into Kansas City and lose week one. Mm-hmm. No one's going to feel, oh, man, can you believe that? Even if they lose, you know, if they lose by 10 points, no one's going to be like, oh, maybe the, the hype was too early on this Lions team. Like, no, they, they lost at Arrowhead. That's a tough place to play. The other team's quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. It's tough to win there. Yeah, and if they win, the hype will be If they control. win, then the hype yeah. is goes out of control. Yeah. Out of control. And the thing about the secondary, this revamped secondary where they go and they get Sutton uh, and they get Mosley to play corner. And I don't know if Mosley's going to play this week. I haven't looked at the injury report, but I don't know if we're going to see him. Uh, and you get Gardner Johnson and Branch and all of these guys. Uh, we're going to find out real quick how good it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, they've got a tough test with the other team's quarterback. Yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'm going under on the Lions nine and a half, but it's, it's strictly, uh, it's strictly based on what the line dictates. Unfortunately, the the value has been completely bet out of the over. Um, yeah, so that's it. All right, moving on the Green Bay Packers strength of schedule. They are 14th, pretty mid, nothing to discern there. Um, obviously the biggest thing, uh, we're, uh, looking at from this team is, uh, Aaron Rodgers out, Jordan Love in, uh, you know, other than that, it's, it's, it's not been a, a, other, other than that one little spot, uh, on the roster. <laughs> other, other than losing the 10, 10 best back time won four MVPs for you. Not a lot of change yeah. in Green Bay this offseason. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of change other than that. Uh, the the over-under for the Packers, uh, seven and a half. Um, I'm going over. I'm going over. I, I don't know if I'm a full like a full Jordan Love believer, um, but seven and a half is too low. I think this is still a really solid roster. The Like I said, the, the, the schedule's mid- and I don't know, are they, are they, I, I feel like, uh, I feel, I feel like Je, uh, Jesse Pinkman and the, 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 can't keep getting away with this because it's not bad enough for me. Like yeah. as a Lions fan, as if I could take my gambling hat off for a second and put my fan hat on, um, my fan hat is telling me it, it, it's not just enough for me if Jordan Love is regular bad, you know, if he, if he, if he's bad to mediocre, that's not enough for me. I need him to be actively so bad that he sinks this roster, that, that he sinks this season. And then hopefully, I don't know, the next season, although you don't really get a chance to sink multiple seasons when you're QB, but I need him to be like, like unconscionably bad uh, to balance out the last 40. You want him to be active at hurting operation. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I need you him want to Green be... Bay to spend a little bit of time in yeah. In quarterback wilderness, like yeah. most other franchises have had to do at least once or twice over the last 30 years, while the Packers have not had to do this. No. That's and, what you're hoping and, for. And by the way, neither of those guys, good guys. Neither of them were good guys. They were both hurt, terrible, terrible human well, beings. Well, <laughs> like great quarterbacks. I was terrible this. people. Aaron Rodgers, kind of an idiot, kind of a jerk, but yeah. not like. He's a actively pompous, he's a awful pompous human. jerk. He's not a criminal yeah. like Brett Favre. Yeah. fair. And I mean, his, his, his reputation, like, <laughs> yeah. yes, his reputation has taken a significant hit over the last 24 months as Aaron Rodgers and his whole, his old Joe Rogan phase. Um, yeah. Brett Favre, however, he, Brett Favre is, is 
is a legitimate is a bad, bad guy. A legitimate. Scumbag. Yeah, that was the, that was the one. Th- I, I told you about this. I, I watched. There's something about Mary. It was just uh, on uh, <laughs> on one of the services I saw it. Watched the movie. I'm like, hey, this movie like you know ages pretty well from a comedy perspective. Like it's a good movie. The one thing that doesn't age well is the idea of oh, what a nice guy Brett Favre is. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. the one thing that ages. Bad. Uh, you look back on that now, you're like, yeah. <laughs> Bagger seven and a half, what say you? I'm going to go with the under, and here's why. Even if you believe in Jordan Love, mm-hmm. um, they had problems moving the football on offense with this skill position group last year when the quarterback was Aaron Rodgers. And the skill position group, if anything, is worse. Like, they've lost Lazard. He was maybe their best, most consistent receiver through the year. I know Watson had a bunch of touchdowns and big plays. Yeah, but they lost I, Lazard. So I would he, say the counter the kind of, to that. I, their most I, yeah, I agree with you. I'd say the counter to that would be Christian Watson was really good last year, and maybe he emerges as, like, a legitimate uh, number one wide receiver. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but they, they just had it, like, with this group of guys, they had a hard time moving the ball when the quarterback was Aaron Rodgers. And I know they've... They, they spent some draft capital here, which is kind of funny based on the fact they never spent draft capital there when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. <laughs> uh, but I, Reed, baby. <laughs> I don't know if, yeah, I just don't know if, if this is what, um, if this offense, even if you think highly of Jordan Love, is going to be that good an offense. And the defense, we have to wait and see. Other than Kenny Clark, is there anyone we can count on for, for pass rush here? Like, who question. are we counting on to actually get to the quarterback? Like, that's, I think it is good. Like, you know, Quay Walker and Devontae White, like, they spent high picks on those guys. We saw little flashes from them this past season, but, like, what do we really know about what's going on there? You look at the secondary, Jair Alexander, obviously one of the best players in the league. Oh, and I should say Rashawn Gary's back. That helps. But, like, uh, you look at the secondary, beyond who's like one of the elite players in the league like got Sewell Douglas out there now and Darnell Savage who was bent a little bit last year and we'll see what Rudy Ford's all about I don't know I I just am not necessarily sure like I the the, the front seven has some really good players on it and obviously Alexander's a great player I'm not sure this defense is going to be as good as some people are saying so I, I I'm gonna go under on the seven seven and a half rather yeah, a couple of a couple of uh, things working in in your favor for the under as well would be, um, you, you know, rookie quarterbacks. Even you know, rookie quarterbacks in their first year, with you know, first year under the helm, don't tend to win more than six or seven games. Even you know, future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers, uh, just to name somebody at random. Do we, do we um, count this? Yeah. Yeah, he went six. He went six count and ten. And rookie, but fair same, enough. He, yeah, he went six and ten, and he did the same type yep. of sitting he, that Jordan Love did, yep. right? You know, and and uh, yeah, it's 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 just been it's just the history would dictate that it, you know you don't tend to win seven, eight, nine plus games in 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 your rookie year as in the NFL. It just doesn't kind of work like that. Um, and then there, you mentioned Quay Walker and Ben Quay Roethlisberger. Walker, yeah, Roethlisberger. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Quay Walker, and Quay Walker uh, kind of embodies that me that 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 funny meme of like, you know, if I had a nickel for every time Quay Walker got suspended for pushing uh, an opposing team's training staff, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's still weird that it happened twice. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, it, that that 
so they they use both those two first round picks on Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker, and we'll see whether that was the correct use of that draft capital. Perhaps if you had used one of those first round picks last year instead of on two front seven guys, you'd use them on perhaps a skill position player. Maybe some of the negativity um, between you and the former franchise quarterback wouldn't have been so negative. Now, perhaps the situation was beyond saving by the time we got to the 2022 NFL draft. I don't know that. But I'll tell you right now, I don't think that the Devontae Adams trade helped the situation. <laughs> I don't think that made it better. So, yeah, you, you wonder if instead of doing, you know, the two defensive players, if they had, you know, made a different decision, would things have been a little better? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going over, and I'm, I may have sprinkled a little bit on their, on their plus 500 to win the division because it's just something I could see the Green Bay Packers doing is, is just keeping it going. That's, that's, that's a happiness hedge for you. Man. At least if that does yeah. happen, you'll be – not as miserable. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps that one was less with the head and more with the heart. Who knows? But uh, yeah. that's it. All right. Uh, moving on to the last team in the division, uh, the, the defending champs of this division, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, who come back with, you know, more or less the same roster uh, they had that year minus last year minus like, uh, you know, Adam Thielen, who was a little bit longer in the tooth. Uh, but you know, we're, we're, we're still here with Kirk cousins. We're, we're, we're back with Justin Jefferson, the, 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 the biggest, this team, uh, we mentioned the New York giants as the regression candidate. The Minnesota Vikings are the regression candidate to end all regression candidates. Uh, 13 and three last year, eight, uh, eight and oh, in one score games, including a ridiculous, Buffalo Bills win that never should have happened in a million years. A insane comeback against Jeff Saturday and the just unconscionably run uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I didn't think they were that good last year. The, the two regression candidate teams met each other in the first round, and the Vic- and the, the Vikings lost at home to the uh, to the Giants. So so there's that. Uh, I'm going under on the the eight and a half with the with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Strength of schedule wise, uh, you know they're they're towards the bottom of the league. They're about twenty fifth, so a, a bit of a tougher schedule. They are playing a first place schedule. Um, I just think this team was a lot of smoke and mirrors last year, and I don't um, don't expect them to repeat that. And this division, I think, is a little bit tougher because I think the Bears are a little bit better. I think the Packers are a bit of a wild card, and uh, and the Lions are certainly better than they were last year. Um, what are your thoughts on the Vikings, Greg? I kind of like the over. Okay. And uh, yeah, and, and here's why. I think the offensive line's going to be better, at the very least, healthier. Uh, they didn't. Um, they they had some injuries there last year, and that was part of the offensive problem. That offense looked a lot better, a lot better after T.J. Hawkinson arrived a year ago. That's true. Significantly better. Now he's there for the full season. He's there for the full season. Uh, you lose Dalvin Cook, yeah. But if you look at sort of some of the advanced numbers and, you know, what was uh, there from a blocking perspective, efficiency, I don't think they're going to lose a lot as far as Madison being the guy. We'll see what some of the younger guys behind him do. Um, and then on defense, you know, you, you go out and you get Marcus Davenport. And so the question on defense, of course, is going to be your corners because we're kind of unsure as to what types of guys these guys are. So... This may be a team that 
gets scored on a little bit and gets the, the ball thrown on them a little bit. Uh, I like them bringing in Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator, though. I think that'll help. Uh, but I think they're going to be better on both offense and defense from a DVOA perspective. I think that uh, they're going to um, have a, a better feel for the offense as Kirk Cousins is sort of in, in year two of doing this with, with Kevin O'Connell and the rest of the rosters in year two of doing this with Kevin O'Connell. So I'm I, I'm thinking over. I'm thinking this is like a, a a nine and eight, ten and seven type team. I really think that. And here's the thing about the regression aspect of this, as far as all oh, the Vikings. Like I don't think the Vikings went into this offseason, and certainly not this season, from a management perspective, thinking, oh yeah, no, we're a thirteen and fourteen. They understood that they're not that, and have adjusted accordingly. I think, and and, and made some changes that that perhaps a different uh, type of thirteen and fourteen may not have made. So I, I I think that they understand the limitations and they know they had to work on some things. We'll see what happens, but I'm liking the over. I I, I know it's trendy to say they're going to be a lot worse and they 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 will be worse. I don't think they're going to win thirteen games again. But can they win nine? Yeah, I think that that's definitely on the table here. Yeah, I mean, you make some great points there. I, I do agree with that. That's a great take for you, uh, a great take by you on the uh, – this is a, not a team that behaved like a 13-3 and three team in the offseason and recognize that they, they, they have some, some, some holes to fill there. And, uh, like they, 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 didn't go, they didn't go back and re-sign Patrick Peterson and Zadarius Smith and some of those older veterans thinking, oh, all right, we're one kick at the can play here. They went out and got a bunch of younger dudes. You know what I mean? They trade up in the draft for that one last piece, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, think that, I, I think it's very clear that this management group understands that this is um, – this is not something what, – what they did last year was not necessarily very likely to repeat this year. Um, and I do like them bringing in Marcus Davenport. If Marcus Davenport can stay healthy, that's that's potentially an elite-level pass rusher for them. And that would be two if you add in uh, Daniil Hunter. So, Who's the best quarterback in this division, Craig? Kirk Cousins. Woof. Woof. And I think you're right. Woof. Oh. All right. And here's uh, the thing. I like Jared Goff. Most people, I think Jared Goff is fine, but I also like Kirk Cousins more than most people. Uh, I'll say this though. As much as Kirk, like as much as Kirk Cousins has, uh, you know, uh, an extreme luxury players, as far as Justin Jefferson's existence goes, I think if you traded spots, I would feel better about the lions than I would about the Vikings. If you traded the two players for each other, yeah. but it's close. Yeah. They're in the same yeah. tier. All right, we're moving on to the NFC South. First up, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, eight and a half. This has historically been an Atlanta Falcons podcast, would you say, Craig? We've, uh, you know. <laughs> you, you more so than me, but fair, both of us have had yeah. some pretty extreme pro Falcons over the years. Yeah, I, I'm back on. I'm back. I will on say this. Now. Yeah. So am I. I love Ritter. I think Ritter's legitimately good. I'm back on the horse. I shouldn't say <laughs> that. I think Ritter has a chance. I think Ritter has a chance to be legitimately good. Sorry, that's that's what I should say. Yeah. Um, I think that throwing... this is a good offense for him. Yeah. I'm worried about him throwing the ball downfield. And I think that... is. Yeah. No, and I, I, I understand that. I understand that. Is the arm strength there? Completely reasonable. But... A lot of this offense is about kind of making the right read and doing the right things, and I think he'll be able to do that. And you look at the skill position, guys. I, I think London has a chance to be a star. I think he's good. 
I think that Pitt, I, I I know that Pitts had a, a weird year last year that he didn't get the ball very much. Didn't get anybody the ball very much. I think Pitts is a super duper star if he actually starts getting the football. And I know this is coming from someone who watched him tons at Florida, but I think Pitts is a super duper star. Just get him the freaking football. Uh, I like some of the moves they made as far as um, you know. You go out and get Matt Collins. I think is a nice receiver for this offense. You bring back. Uh, you bring back Chris Lidstrom, who uh, some might say is one of the better guards, maybe the best guard in the NFL outside perhaps Zach Martin. Uh, this this offensive line is going to be able to grind you down. You're going to be able to run the ball, you would think. And, hey, Bijan might be a revelation here. Like I, 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 like, I don't love the idea of using a top 10 pick on a running back, especially when, like, Tyler Algier is pretty good. Like, why did you have to to make that decision? But I, I like I like where they're at with with getting a talent like Bijan, like is the guy has a chance to be McCaffrey esque from the way that he can really transform your offense. Yeah. Kyle Pitts has been a little bit like uh fetch, right? Where it's it, it, at least fantasy wise, where it's like, stop trying to make Kyle Pitts happen. It's not going to happen. Right. Like, yeah. At least in the first two years. Um, I don't have anything to say other than I'm, I'm just going to strengthen the argument of uh, the Atlanta Falcons and, and going over the eight and a half here. Uh, I just, I love the head coach, Arthur Smith, the second easiest schedule in the league, according to the good people of sharp football analysis, only one team has an easier schedule than them. And that's it. The division is ass. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's ass. Both of the both of the conference South divisions are, are pretty terrible. So there's going to be I, I think there's two decent teams in this division. Not good, but two decent teams in this division, and then two actively bad teams in this division. The Falcons are one of the decent teams. Uh, I'm 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 going over on on the eight and a half uh, with the Atlanta Falcons as my official pick. Next, what are up, the Falcons paying to win the division? Oh, uh, minus 130. Oh, to win the division. Oh, um, I want to say yeah. it's, it's pretty low. Uh, let's see. Uh, AFC. Actually, sorry. NFC. Don't know why I typed AFC. Uh, they're, they're, they're plus 210. They're plus, plus 210. 210. Yeah, so, you know, a little, little better than 2 to 1. Um, I'm guessing the Saints yeah. are. Uh, I'm guessing the Saints are shorter odds, though. Yeah, the Saints are plus one thirty. Yeah, which makes depends sense. where you go. In some place, in some places, the Saints are minus one hundred five. So yeah. some some places, Saints. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're both going over on the Atlanta Falcons. Next up, the Carolina Panthers. Um, obviously, the biggest thing that happened was uh, they bring in Bryce Young. Uh, they bring in Frank Wright, new head coach, new offensive. Or sorry. Sorry, yeah, new head coach, new offensive coordinator. I think was Thomas Brown there last year, um, but either way, no, oh, everything, everything's new. The whole everything's group. new. Yeah, so the whole coaching staff is new. New quarterback. Um, I mean, the offensive line is is sham shambles, absolutely shambles, shambolic, as a, a great Leafs fan up in these parts would say. Um, Strength of schedule for the Panthers pretty darn easy though they 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 got a top five easy schedule they're they're fourth uh, in the league uh, but at seven and a half I am going way under on on the uh, even with that strength of schedule I'm just going way under it's just the, the, the talent is not there I mean they, they they've got 
Um, you know, they, they bring in older Adam Thielen like just a week ago to be their like second or third. Guy. No, he's, DJ he, he was there. He's been there for a while. But if you look at the receiver room, it's 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 Chark and Thielen who are kind of, I think, on the other side of, of their best days. And then it's a bunch of flyers on dudes like LaVisca Chenault, who they got in a trade last year, or Amir Smith-Marset, uh, Smith who's had some moments, uh, but they got him in a trade from Kansas City. Um, Jonathan Mingo, they seem to have some level of belief in. We'll see how that goes. But they spend a second-round pick on him. I, I, I don't trust the offense very much. I think the defense has a chance to be all right, but I don't trust the offense very much at all. And, and, and I, I, I was not a thinker that Bryce Young should have been the first overall pick. I would have taken C.J. Stroud from the safe pick perspective, but I, I, and again, not my job on the line, so I know it's easy to say. I think I would have talked myself into Anthony Richardson uh, just because that's the ceiling play, obviously. And I think that if you look at the Florida skill position group, and we talked about this with the Colts, if you look at the Florida skill position group, it, uh, it wasn't a great group of players uh, in the year that he was the starter there. He could have had better numbers if that wasn't the case. Uh, but yeah, I... Uh, I, I, I don't I'm not against Bryce Young. I think that a guy at his size being successful in the NFL is going to be interesting. It might be tough to pull off. But I like I, I just don't know if this offense is going to be one that you want to trust to win a bunch of games for you. Yeah, which is fascinating news. If you're a fan of the Chicago Bears, because mm-hmm. if you're a fan of the Chicago Bears, you want to see lots of L's in Carolina this season. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to be super duper abysmal but they're gonna be they're, this is a five or six win team right they're, this team's not winning I, don't, I can't see this team winning eight games so i'm, I'm going i'm going i agree there on the panthers even with, I, the, with the with the strength of schedule although i don't know if i'm a bears fan i'm staring at this roster they look like they're probably bad enough to finish with the worst record in the league i just don't think that's gonna happen uh next up the new orleans saints we head to Orleans. the new orleans saints over under is nine and a half. I am going over on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, according to the good people at uh, Sharp Football Analysis, this is the easiest strength of schedule. According to those smart math folk, I mean, easy schedule. There's obviously a couple of, you know, you, you look at the skill position guys and you're like, there's some stuff happening here. You know, they, they bring in Jamal Williams from Detroit. Eh. Uh, they'll get Alvin Kamara back after a couple of games, uh, after, after he serves his uh, three-game suspension, I believe it is. They got Michael Thomas coming back. They Chris Olave emerged last year as one of the best young receivers in the game. Um, and they bring in Derek Carr as their, as their new starting quarterback. The, the offense looks like it's going to be decent, as we, 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 we've known the, off, the, the New Orleans Saints uh, to be over the last uh, few years of our lives. But you stare at this defense, and it is long in the tooth. It is an older group of players, for sure. It is an old, old roster. I do think that Cameron this Jordan old... Cameron was yeah, drafted Cameron by Jordan. the Saints in 2011. Yeah, he was in episode That's of the, the same... league. That's how far back yes. he goes. Uh, he was drafted the same year that I got married. I've been married for 12 years. Yeah, there <laughs> like, you go. Yeah. 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 He was, he was, he, he, the, the league, like the show, the league on FX, Cameron Jordan was in that. The joke they made was they couldn't tell the difference between him and Jordan Cameron, who used to be a tight end for the Browns, right? For like three years. And then he was out of yeah. the league. Cause that's just how it goes for tight ends. So that's how far back that bit goes. Right. 
Um, it's it, the defense is old, but I I still think they're gonna be oh they're they're gonna be decent enough. This division stinks. They got the easiest schedule. One one slight hesitation I have is Derek Carr, his five worst years, or sorry, his four worst years as a quarterback have all come when he's in his first year of a new system. Interesting. Yeah, be it new, be it new team or new, uh, or or new coach or new whatever. Right now, <laughs> one of those with this Josh McDaniels, so I'm not holding that too much against him on that one. But the other ones are. Are, are, yeah, a lot of somewhat. a lot of a lot of guys' worst years come with Josh McDaniels. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, well, I, we'll see. Uh, I will say this on the on behalf of the defense: mm-hmm. since Dennis Allen got there, the defense has been elite every year. Mm-hmm. That's true. So uh, to me, it almost would be a surprise if it wasn't. If it wasn't like one of the top defenses. Uh, offensively, I, I like the skill position, guys. I think the offensive line, hopefully for their sake, will be a little bit healthier and. Last year, they were piece, able to piece together a somewhat okay offense some of the time with a revolving door at quarterback. Yeah, now you've got a guy who... Games from last year. Yeah, we know. That we, the guy that we asked, he just sure did. The guy that they have now, we know he's an NFL quarterback. He's a starter. Yeah. So that's better than what they've had in the post-Drew Brees era. I think this team, uh, this team, it's the over. Yeah. All right. So we're both going over on the night. Uh, last team in the division, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tom Brady out, Baker Mayfield in. <laughs> oh boy, uh, strength of schedule for them. They're middle of the pack, so they're the only uh, member of this division because of the first place schedule that they're getting. Thank you, Tom. Uh, they are the only one uh, of the, uh, the sorry, they're the only one of the NFC South members to not feature a top four strength of schedule in the 2023 season. Uh, thanks to their little first place schedule. They are decidedly uh, worse uh, at virtually everywhere. <laughs> I would say uh, the offensive line is, is okay, but the guys who, who tend to be really good for them uh, are usually injury risks. Uh, it's Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. My God, it's not looking great. Over under for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six and a half, and I am going well under. I, I think this is a team that's going to be contending for. I, I think they're a stealth candidate for Caleb Williams, Craig. Uh, are the Tampa Interesting. Buccaneers. Yeah. I don't know if they're that bad. <sighs> yeah. Maybe the I'm division, being so, The division, you know, rep, it's. The yeah. division. Yeah. And the remnants of, like, you know, the Brady era. I understand that Baker Mayfield doesn't quite carry the same cachet that Tom Brady does. Stop me if you've heard this. Um, but, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, still part of this. Offense, like Tristan Wirfs, still part of this. Now, losing Jensen Hurts. Losing Jensen Hurts. That's 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 a problem for them. Um, and the defense, you know, Vita Vea, still around. Devin White, still around. Levante David, Shaq Barrett, still on the team. So, there's still some parts of the Brady era here. Uh, I, I don't think they're good. And I'm kind of, I, I'm leaning towards the under, like you said, I just don't know if they're going to be one of the teams that's in the Caleb Williams, Drake may area, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe that sounds like a scorching hot take for me, perhaps. 
Uh, that, that this team would be a stealth game. No, I don't know if it is. Like, it's, it's, it's not a good... There, there's some massive, massive holes on the roster. I don't know if it's a scorching, scorching hot take to say, hey, this may not go well. Like, there are some big holes on this roster. That's for sure. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going way under uh, with the, with this team. And I just think... I think... Um, if I had my druthers, I would say that the three teams that are going to be competing... For that first overall pick and potentially Caleb Williams are going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. The Houston Texans. And yep. I think that third team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Actually, no, the Raiders. Sorry, the Raiders will you know, be there too. Yeah. Those oh, are, the Raiders are definitely the, gonna be there. You know who yeah, loves that, the idea of the the Texans being the two worst teams? Fans <laughs> of the Houston Texans. <laughs> They, I'm sorry, the Arizona Cardinals, rather. The Arizona Cardinals, rather. They love yeah. that idea. Yeah, um, no. um, yeah, that'll be, like, if the Texans are towards the bottom of the league, it'll be fascinating to sort of see how that trade up for Will Anderson ages. If that, turn, if that turns into, we, we sent you a first-round pick and Caleb Williams for Will Anderson, like, oof, that might be tough for some people to, some people to take. Uh, Bucks. Uh, so I'm I'm going under, and it sounds like you're you're going to join me on the under on the on the six and a half. Yeah. Uh, all right. We move over to the final uh final division of our win totals preview for the NFC conference, the NFC West. And first up, uh, the aforementioned might be uh <laughs> might might be winning the first overall pick and then handing it to somebody else. It's bad. Uh, yeah, the Arizona Cardinals. This is about no, as no, bad. It, it, yep. Wait caring for Houston to be bad. Arizona still has their pick. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, this uh, this is probably the worst team in the league, is it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Josh this... Dobbs start first like however long until Kyler Murray gets back. Yeah. So like uh, they had McCoy on the roster who's like not a great NFL wait. quarterback. He's at least a passable ago. back. Yeah. Yeah, they cut him. And my theory on why they cut him was because they were afraid that Colt McCoy might accidentally win them a football game. Yeah. It's, why else would you do that? Is, their week one matchup is Washington. Are you telling me that Colt McCoy couldn't go in there? Because weird crap happens in week one. You telling me Colt McCoy couldn't go in there and accidentally win a game in Washington? Right? Like, sure could. Oof. This is a this is a dreadful, dreadful run. And like Josh Dobbs, I had money on him in a couple of those starts for, for Tennessee. Uh, those were like Mike Vrabel gambles for me. I was like, oh, Mike Vrabel's getting 14 points. Sure. And, uh, man, Josh Dobbs was not good. Not good. Yeah. So why would you, why would you deliberately go with Josh Dobbs over Colt McCoy unless you were trying to lose football games? Yeah. That's my Uh, take. I don't get it. Now, obviously the big thing is, uh, Kyler Murray's on the PUP for this one. He's probably going to be back. I don't know, week five or six. Uh, unless they, they uh, Arizona starts doing some. If I were them, I'm I don't want to see Kyler Murray until end of November. Yeah. Like why? You well, want to lose anyway. That's true. And what if but he gets if you're Kyler again? Murray? You're trying to get you're trying to audition to get on a different team. I would imagine. Uh, no, I understand that. No, but now from Kyler Murray's perspective, though, cash is coming his way no matter what. True. So there's that. But yeah, you're right. How much is another team going to be willing to? Uh, um, to give up to get you and well, he doesn't really care how much they give up to get him. but if some team can be willing to give you the keys next season, I suppose is the, uh, is, is the question. And, 
I guess he's going to want to see that. But if I were Kyler Murray, what I want to do is make sure my ACL is nice and healthy before I start showing other teams what abilities I have going into next season. Right? Strength of schedule-wise, uh, they're 22nd, so bottom half of the league. Bit of a tougher schedule than most teams. Uh, they're over-under. Opened at 4.5. And, a half, and <laughs> it's been bet down to 3.5 in some places, Greg. I don't know if I've seen a 3.5 win total in my lifetime. And we've had some... some I mean, we lived in the era of the... Uh, of, of, you know, the Detroit Lions going 0-16, the Cleveland Browns going 0-16. Browns. And, and, man, even those two teams, I think, were like four and a half to start the season. Cause to, you yeah. Know, like going this, this I think, is – this, I think, is the worst roster we've seen going into a season. It's, if you, like – this, like, Kyler Murray's better than the quarterbacks of those teams, obviously, but we know that he's yeah. not going to be around for this. So I think this is the worst roster we've seen going into a season, is what I will say, in, in some time. Sometime. You won't hear me say this too often, Craig, but let's join the public. Arizona under four and a half. I think you have to. Like, yeah. is this team going five and twelve? I don't think so. I, I like I, I stare I don't at think their so. I stare I stare at their schedule and I can literally only see maybe they upset like I could literally see them upset Washington in week one, because week one's weird. I could, I could see them upset Washington, and then lose the and then lose sixteen straight games. I could I could legitimately see that. It's that's essentially what wind up the Bears upset San Francisco in Week One last year, and then basically yeah. were lot like they won once the rest of the way, and it was in September. Yeah. So yeah, we're oh for yeah. the rest of the year. Yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, I, I I don't join the public too often, but I will join the public on this one. Under four and a half, and it, like I said, it's three and a half in some places. Three and a half—it's unheard of. You should accidentally win three games in the NA, in, in the NFL. It's ridiculous. The fact that we've had two zero and sixteen teams is ridiculous. Is ridiculous. Um, all right, next up, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, over under for the for the Rams is six and a half. Their strength of schedule is mediocre. They're fifteenth, so nothing to discern from there. Um, they're clearly the third best team in this division. They've got Cooper Cup back after he was injured ridiculously last year. Matt Stafford is back, but he's got some back problems right now, which, you know, you don't like hearing about a quarterback with back problems. Um, it's a stars and scrubs roster. The stars are the stars and the rest of the team is young, young, young and unproven. Um, the over under six and a half. I think I'm going to shock you a little bit on this one, Craig. I'm going over on the six and a half. I like the. Coaching. Oh man, so am I. Yeah, Cooper so, nope. is back. We're the, the, the public. That's boat. Yep. The public has left this team for dead. They've left them for dead. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. They're decent enough. And come on, seven wins with this team. They'll, over. Over. They. Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup will score enough points mm-hmm. to win seven games. You add in, like, obviously Aaron Donald's going to somehow be quadruple teamed. Uh, <laughs> but, like, because they're not going to be afraid of anybody else. But, like, the defense the defense is going to have a lot of challenges. It's a bad defense. But this team can go, like, 7-10, I think. Can it? Yeah. Yeah. We'll find a way. Yeah. 
I, I mean, it, it's McVay, Lafleur. They're going to be coming up with some fun stuff. Uh, Stafford, I mean, he's going to be more mobile than usual. But you know, stop me if you've heard this before. It's Matt Stafford, no offensive line, but a damn, but one like Hall of Fame receiver. Stafford's made. Yeah, that we've had we've before. had that. <laughs> right, Stafford's yeah. made that situation uh, work before, uh, and, and with with much worse coaching. Uh, I, I just, I don't like, like, th- this is a complete, I said, hey, let's go with the public for an, for a change on Arizona. Let's completely flip that and fade the public, which we should, you know, you should do pretty much 99% of the time. Um, I, I'm, I'm just going, I just, I can't believe that the, the public has just left this team for dead. Uh, some of the, like, people who cover sports are just leaving this team for dead. I don't get it. Um, it, it like, yeah, I think they're competitive. I yeah, do. six and a half is, is it's a mediocre schedule. Six and a half. They, they're a good coach. They've got to. Uh, if they get to. two against Arizona, they yeah. need to go five and 11 or sorry, five and 10 the rest of the way. If they get yeah. two against Arizona. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. The public just left them for dead. Don't get it over, over six and a half. Uh, next up, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, strength of schedule, fifth easiest schedule in the league. Woo top five easiest schedule for the 49ers. Uh, some of that has to do with, uh, I, I say some of that skewed a little bit by the fact they're getting, uh, four games against the aforementioned Cardinals and Rams. Um, who one would think that's, that's a nice four wins there. Seahawks are going to be a, a bit tougher. Um, the win total is ten and a half. It was when I bet on this twelve and a half. Twelve and a half was too high, so it's moved two. So what they did is they dropped the two and then uh, and then increased the juice. Um, so I was under when it was twelve and a half. Uh, ten and a half, I'd, I'd be a bit more inclined to the over, but the over they juiced up to one forty-five. Um, I'm probably going to go over on the uh, I'm probably going to go over on the 10 and a half and see if I can middle the the Niners uh, another I'll probably play the extra juice and see if I can middle uh, the Niners season because if they go uh, 11 and 6 or 12 and 5 that's a nice little double scoop for me. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'm actually doing that as we squeak and um but when it was 12 and a half that was simply too high Craig for a team that's running out um, Brock Purdy and is extremely injury prone, uh, with like this team is, I mean, I mean, we, we, we're going into the season, season hasn't started, season hasn't started yet. And we're, we're not sure about Nick Bosa, Craig. We're, we're yeah. Sure Kyle Shanahan seems to, Kyle Shanahan seems to think it's going to get done, but of course, what else is he going to say? Um, yeah. So we'll see. Now that would obviously be a big loss. Now I think this defense is going to be pretty good. Um, even if yeah. he's not necessarily there the whole time. Uh, they always sort of find a way to, to, to get to the pass pressure. I like the Javon Hargrave addition for them. That's a big loss for the Eagles and a big gain for them. And you look at what they've done here. Like this like this group of skill position guys, you just look at the running backs, tight ends, the wide receivers. This is far and away the best group in the league, I think, if you look at all yeah. those guys. Uh, and you've got... Yeah, yeah, and you've got an elite yeah. elite play caller who's who's out here making the decisions. Um, yeah. I, I think this they may not have the best regular season record in the NFC. I think this is the team that if I were to pick an NFC winner right now, this is the team I would pick. 
I just I think they I think they get the Bosa thing done. I think the offense is going to be awesome. I'm a believer in Purdy. I think they may have just found something with him. The problem with Purdy uh, in college was he was not always the best decision maker. If we can just have Kyle Shanahan kind of making the decisions for him, uh, that's going to take a lot of the things out of this game that uh, that were trouble. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm thinking that uh, I'm thinking that the Niners are are the team in the uh, in the NFC. And if you look back at last year's Niners team, they were basically impossible to contain once they got McCaffrey. The only reason they ever lost after McCaffrey was acquired was because they played an NFC Championship game in which their fourth quarterback was injured. So that like there's nothing else to do they at that point. They were down their fifth string uh, quarterback, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, they were they were down to they were down to putting Brock Purdy back in the game when the Eagles were aware that he was unable to throw a football. That's what they were down yeah. to. Uh, so yeah, there was just a, 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 a no contest game essentially. They may as, they, they they would have may as well have forfeited. Uh, either way, uh, I, I think this is uh, this is the team to beat in the NFC. That's how I feel about it. I'm obviously if the Bosa thing doesn't get done sooner rather than later, that uh, complicates matters. I like to think it's going to get done before week one, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. It, it, I'm like, the, the, like I said, the, the 10 and a half, I'm more bullish on the over. And I am, as I said, I, I just placed that bet mid pod. But when I was 12 and a half, that was an easy under to me. Like, with the health. Yeah, yeah. The team and, Look, it's, and it's, it's, to ask this so team to go 13 it's, it's and three hard, or better. Hey, it's, well, 13 and four. It's hard to say there's yeah, going to be a 13 13- it's hard to say oh yeah this team's going 13 and 4 it's very difficult to say about a team um but yeah at this number it's far more palatable yeah um so yeah i'm, I'm going if, you, if you're finding it at 10 and a half i'm going over i've I, i've gone over 10 and a half and under 12 and a half on this team so i got a nice little two game middle there which you don't usually see with the over under so um let's see how this goes um other than that i mean <laughs> I'm less of a Brock Purdy believer than you. I think there's a direct correlation between when Brock Purdy started, uh, started, uh, started getting the the starter snaps, and when Christian McCaffrey showed up as as a running back uh, when they when they traded for McCaffrey. So I, I think that there's a uh, you know there's there's how much of it was Christian McCaffrey showing up and unlock kind of unlocking the offense and making things super easy for Purdy. So if McCaffrey was hurt, which, you know, he's another That's part of it, guy, but he had some, you know, that's part of it, but he had some, some really like, he had some really well-placed balls to some of those of big, big stuff games for sure. Brock Purdy. Yeah. And he knows where the ball's supposed to go. And that's the big thing in that offense. And that's why Shanahan was all about trying to get Mac Jones originally when they, when they were drafting and, a quarterback and this here. Team should get gone for like, I, I would like to see Brock Purdy. I, I don't know what the regress of it all is. Means with Brock Purdy, but you know this team should get got for <laughs> for how they handled the Trey Lance thing, right? Like, like just uh, yes and no. Because for him, you, and then oh. yeah, and, and then you trade him for a fourth. I get it. Like but let's say, one of the best rosters in the league. It's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> but let's just say this. Let's say there was never a Brock Purdy last year. Purdy doesn't emerge. Doesn't go the same way it did. Trey Lance is still on this roster. The reason they moved Lance wasn't so much we don't like Trey Lance. It was it just became very apparent that Purdy was a better fit for what they want to do. So I think that the idea of swinging for the fences on going for Lance, it, it did not work out. They swung for the fences, complete strikeout. I just think that 
one of the reasons that Lance is no longer there was because they may have, you know, when they were swinging for the fences with Trey Lance and struck out, they may have hit that home run with Purdy with the last pick of the draft, which is, you know, it might almost be a call it even type of situation. We'll see what Purdy's like in year two. Uh, last team uh, of the whip totals is going to be the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks, um, Geno Smith, comeback player of the year or whatever, uh, they're 10th in DVO, or sorry, not in DVO, 10th in strength of schedule. So, you know, top half uh, of the league in, in strength of schedule. Fortune favors the bold with them. Um they have a strong case for, uh, do they have the best uh, skill position guys in the league? Uh, I know there's a, a Jackson Smith and Jigba wrist injury that we're worried about, but uh, right now it looks like he's going to be ready for week one, week two at the, at the most, I think. Like maybe he only ends up sitting out one week, one week. They still got Lockett and Metcalf, uh, Kenneth Walker. This team is kind of a, they're, they're probably the third uh, they're, they're probably the big three as far as regression candidates go. They're the, the, the third big one. The first two were the Giants and the Vikings. Um, then it's probably the Seahawks. I just think they had such a good draft that I think the regression, like, I mean, maybe they're a regression team, but I, I just think that the skill position guys are too good. Um, even if Geno Smith is going to go ahead and, and, and maybe, maybe not regress back to being a guy who should be a backup, but maybe a guy who's not as uh, – not as hot as he was last year, but I, I just think the receivers are too good for that uh, to to kind of happen. And and you know they've they've still got even though they're you know they got a couple of guys who are long in the twos on the defense. Other than that, they're they you know it's pretty good. They're still supremely coached. Eight and a half. I'm going over. I'm going over on the Seahawks. Eight and a half. Um, I'm going under going under interesting it's actually nine yeah. and a half in a lot of places too craig yeah yeah here's my reasoning uh the offense looked genuinely like not very good the last month of the year have people figured this out yeah that's true that's true we got we got a full year of uh tape on what they were doing last year but like yeah, I said, yeah. I, th- and, I think and, the receiving and, core and, is too damn good for the offense to regress, though. Yeah. And, like, they've got Kenneth Walker, true. people love, and they draft uh, Zach uh, Charbonneau. Uh, so uh, I, I just – I really think their skill, skill position guys are, are just too damn good for the offense to just roll over and die. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess we're going to see. Uh, I, I just saw what happened last year and thought, well, okay, the end of the season was a little was, – was more than a little bit bumpy. For that offense, so on on defense, That's you know, uh, on on defense, we'll see what it's all about. Uh, obviously, you you wonder what year one looks like for Devin Witherspoon. Um, we'll see what it what happens with with that with this group. I, I'm not necessarily sold that it's going to be great. It might be okay, uh, but yeah, it's interesting uh, interesting times ahead for the Seahawks as far as year two of the of the post Wilson era I just think that so much went so right for last year some of it might come back down to earth a little bit here all right so that is it for the NFC that we've given out our win totals for all 32 teams if I go and change any I will uh let you know on the uh official Twitter account or X account although I'm not calling it X it's still gonna be fucking Twitter uh 
so which is at mpier6 m-p-e-a-r-c-e and the number six is the official is my account and the official account for the uh for the crossover podcast uh yeah so if i change anything uh before the season starts i'll let you know via the twitter sphere um you may have said this last time craig but why don't you go ahead and say it anyway who are your let's say what's your super bowl matchup and then let's say uh what your final four teams are my final four teams will be in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers and the I'll say that the Eagles upset the Cowboys in round two. Okay. Uh, and okay. the, rematch of last year's game and the 49ers win this time. And, um, in the AFC, you know, I'm also going to go with a rematch of the championship game with uh, the other team winning. We go with the Bengals over Kansas City. So and my Super Bowl versus the Bengals. Who's going over? And I have the Cincinnati Bengals as my Super Bowl winner. Okay, there you go. Uh, I'm going to go NFC Championship game. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Cowboys Eagles, and I'm going to say that the Cowboys go over. And then I'm going to say in the AFC, I'm going to say Bills Chiefs, and I'm going to say the Bills go over. And we're getting a a '90s three-peat here of the Bills. And the Cowboys in the Super Bowl, and this time the Buffalo Bills finally get it done, Craig. After after a long, long wait, uh, the Buffalo Bills join the the likes of teams in our lifetime, such as the Boston Red Sox, the Chicago Cubs, uh, the New Orleans Saints, uh, who uh, put uh, I guess the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of belong in that too, don't they? Even though they've got yeah. a couple. But uh, of teams that were perennial losers, where careers went to die, and uh, and the Bills they uh, get that elusive championship. Yeah, they get that elusive, elusive championship for sure. Uh, that is it uh, for the crossover podcast uh, this week. Crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com/slash/crossoverpodcast, and Twitter. Uh, at Empire 6 We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. Uh, as always, you don't have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. We're available also on pretty much any other podcatcher out there. A couple of them shut down in recent memory, so we're not necessarily on a couple spots. But if you happen to have a podcatcher that we're not on, uh, email us at contact at thecrossoverpodcast.com and let us know, and uh, we'll get on uh, said podcatcher. Uh, that's it for this week. We will be back next week with week one, Craig. Oh, my God. We get to place actual bets on actual games uh, in, in week one. And we get to make the drive for for uh, breaking, you know, for breaking records and whatnot, betting against the spread. It's, 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 God, it feels good. <laughs> it feels good to be back. talk about it. It really does. Uh, so hopefully you'll be back. We'll, we'll probably have Bill back rounding up the, the usual trifecta and be discussing actual games. God, I love it. Uh, That is it for this week. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. See y'all.